The knives are out at Maggie Land, and with Jeff Brown's intentions clear, we check in with passionate supporter David Turtle Hatley on the club's latest statement from the board and find out what hors d'oeuvres Mark Corder served him in the Lexus Centre Halls of Power. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. Bronze had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. He's going to have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable in myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Hello and welcome to Pie Hard, the podcast that takes an unapologetically offbeat look at the Collingwood Football Club and beyond. At Pie Hard, we're all about providing an alternate commentary on the club with a focus on the stories and characters that make Collingwood so interesting, so revered, so loathed, and above all, so loved. I'm Damien Miller, and joining me in lockdown paradise is none other than Alexander Watkins. Alex, welcome back to Pie Hard. Thank God for... Um Thank God for Collingwood. What else would we be doing? Really interesting week in or fortnight in Pie Hard Land. I don't know if you felt this, but mm. what is it now? It's Wednesday night, mid-season draft night. And for just a, a, a few days, I think it was like Monday and Tuesday, it felt like, you know, that feeling when you're in the ocean mm. and you're swimming out through the breakers and you're kind of getting smashed around. And then there's this, this break. Mm. There's this like pause and everything sort of like just goes quiet and everything goes still and glassy, Mm. but you know the mother of all tsunamis is about to to rain hell down on your head. Mm. Did you get get that feeling that just for two days, yeah, they were talking about boring, bland football and Lee Matthews was saying shit and Jonathan Brown was saying shit. We don't listen to that stuff anyway, but it just felt like there was sort of like this, this, this calm before, this lull before a storm. Did you and get to that? take your analogy further, it's kind of the water has just rushed out to the horizon and you are dry on the reef waiting <laughs> to be absolutely pummeled into the coral. <laughs> now, that's where we're at with Collingwood, isn't it? It's the Collingwood wave. It's not the easiest period, uh, obviously, for fans in terms of watching games on the weekend, but there is plenty of news and action and drama, let's be honest, coming our way this pod. And it's, mm. been a, it's been a bumper week. Um, we happen to be recording right in the midst of some serious machinations, which mm. uh, we're going to get into a bit later. But for the time being, do you have a hard yes? My hard yes is that <clears throat> Collingwood finally has a brand. Mm-hmm. So I know we've been talking about this all year. It's like, what's the Collingwood brand? We don't, we don't have a brand, right? It's like, what's our style of play? We don't have it. We were talking about... I think at one point we were talking about what brand would we like and I think mm-hmm. the brand we were touching on was like the word sexy. Like, wouldn't it be good to have a – if our brand of football was sexy? Oh, sexy buyers. Now we finally have a brand. It's not a good one. It's like boring, insipid, turgid football, slow, um, not very exciting, quite quite boring, but, mm-hmm. it's a, but it's a brand, right, and it's something to work on. So I feel like we've gone from having no brand to a brand – 
not a very good brand, but it's a brand. And um, from here, the only way really is maybe a little bit further down, but then up. You see, we thought it was going to be sexy this year when we got Nike on board. Um, there was, you know, some of those images of the club merchandise care of Simon Prestigiacoma were leaked with the <laughs> Nike tick. Mm, that's right. And when you saw that kind of get up on the likes of Quainor, uh, during preseason training, we thought it was going to be sexy. Mm. But we've ended up in the KT26 section of Kmart. <laughs> Familiar with the KT26? Yes, I am. That's the that's that running shoe, isn't it? The one that's always like they always pour the um, you know, the concrete in at the crime scene and pull the the <laughs> KT26 print up. And I'm not sure the KT26 is the height of fashion um, as we speak today. But what I can tell you is that it's still considered the premier orienteering show, a shoe globally. Mm, 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 mm. Um, so it does have a brand. It's got a brand. It's got a niche audience and mm. people still buy it despite its blue tones. Um, it's not Nike, mm. but uh, it has a function and that's kind of where we're at. We're, we're functioning just. Mm. Mm. It's cheap. What's your hard yes? My hard yes, um, the mid-season draft. It's fucking exciting to be a shit team and have these like unknown prospects. How good has it been to see Salt? Mm a.k.a. John Noble, blossom before our eyes alongside Pepper, a.k.a. Isaac Quainor, Salt and Pepper. Salt was a mid-season draft uh, he prospect was. and he's he delivered. And this year I feel the same. I'm, I'm massively into this mid-season draft. It gives a little injection of excitement and hope at the right time. And we now know that this year we've selected none other than bright young talent Ash Johnson. Okay. 193 centimetres, explosive forward. Ooh, like from mm-hmm. Halls Creek. You know where Halls Creek is? No, is it near Halls Gap? Fif- no. no. <laughs> <laughs> 1,500, uh, no, not 500 kilometres inland from Broome mm. is the, the town of Halls Creek uh, with a population of 1,500. It's right, got it's f- middle of fucking nowhere, right. Middle of nowhere and it's mm. got five currently listed AFL players from Halls really? Creek. Really? Which is insane. Um, Some kind of fountain of youth out there. I'd like to list them, but my research didn't go that deep. Uh, mm. Now, he looks, Ash Johnson, he's ripped. They reckon mm. he's mm. matured. He's missed out on some drafts. He's matured. Mm. I'm not sure if that's mm. his football or his, um, mm-hmm. his general maturity. Mm. Uh, he's ready to go. Um, and, again, an Indigenous prospect who, who we're just crying out for. So, look, it doesn't matter who we take. Mm. My hard yes for the week, to cut a long story long, is... <laughs> The mid-season draft. Mm. What about you, Dan? Have you got a hard no? My hard no is I'm just going to read something out and then I'll get to my hard no. Experience the best hospitality space in the Western Stand with a perfect centre wing view for the football. The South Australian Cricket Association committee room is situated on level two of the Bradman Pavilion and the room has its own private bar and bathroom facilities. Mm. Seating will be allocated as a reserve seat outside in the stadium bowl after the pre-match sit-down dining experience inside. Additional seats are available inside as a first-in, first-served basis. I probably didn't need to read the bit. Included in the package, (laughs) AFL entry ticket into Adelaide Oval, SACA member-only function room with seating, substantial canapes with grazing platters, private bar and premium beverage beverage package including wine, beer, cider, and non-alcoholic drinks. Crown lager? The package will conclude at the final siren. Picture a booze-fueled pie-hard terrace talk 
amongst the rusted-on South Australian Collingwood supporters <laughs> in the South Australian Cricket Association boardroom. Oh, yeah. Cruelly snatched away by none other than our old mate, COVID-19, the Care? Indian variant. Care? Uh, yeah, we had plans. We were going to be there. We are going to be at Adelaide Oval on Saturday with the Zoom mic recorder and headphones and we we're going to be chatting to the uh, the posse. South Australian posse. We've got a lot of South Australian pies at the moment. That was going to dominate proceedings. But anyway, it could be worse. I think sad to sad to think of those miserly frozen spring rolls we're going to have to cook up in the oven, home isolated instead of the beautiful canapé spread. Mm, this was it, this is a five hour drinking session. How much do you reckon they'd charge for for what I just read out? Um, my honest answer. Mm. And I'm a guest. I'm not a SACA member. One ninety nine, fuck one ninety five. Oh, it's a pretty good guess. Why well, would I thought would have thought it would have been over three hundred? No, I think, yeah. I mean, that's a value. I mean, we know yeah, with these all you can eat kind of affairs, and you get you usually get your sausage roll, uh, your, your mini party pie, and whatnot at half time, which is the highlight mm. after okay. about nineteen crown lagers. Hard no. You cost us terrace talk at the Adelaide Oval on Saturday. It would have saved a lot of um, pre planning for the next episode. COVID-19, get in the bin, hard no. Alex, what's your hard no? Our president, Mark Corder, has claimed um, in recent weeks uh, in a letter to members, mm. if you will, and I think he likes sending the, sending the letter to members because he's not a great media performer. He's a bit mm. bland in terms of like being live in front of a microphone. Mm. He said that the damaging infighting currently taking place will threaten the essence of the Collingwood culture side by side. He goes on mm. to say that when that withers, the club withers too. Or, as John Howard warned many times, disunity is death. Look, Mark, as if you couldn't get any less inspirational as a leader, <laughs> of all the people in the Collingwood universe or the political universe, or the mm. universe. Miranda Kerr. Miranda Kerr. John, you choose to quote little John Howard. And he goes on to say later in the um, letter to members, members should be wary of the politics associated with attempted coups or coops, as we like to say in Pie Heart. Mm. Then if you don't want politics to be associated uh, with the coup, <laughs> then stop conflating your message <laughs> to members with John Howard. And all I'm going to say about this is, I reckon if Jeff Brown was going to enlist a political icon, mm. given how bloody long Jeff Brown has taken to mm -hmm. take a step, he'd be enlisting someone else. Do you remember this? John, H John Hewson, mm. why won't you call an early election? No, I remember this. Keating, the answer is, mate, I want to do you slowly. <laughs> <laughs> All time, isn't it? And Keating was a pies man. That's right. That's what I'm saying. I it mean, just like, makes it just makes so much sense to go the Keating route. Go to Keating, man. We're a working class club. You know, we've got Labor heritage. Mm. I'm sure. Even if you're a rusted on conservative voter, you can appreciate that at least enlist the support of a Collingwood supporter. It reminds me of what Tur Turbo said on our WhatsApp group. Mm. Turbo for a long time, pie hard listeners, was uh, one of the founders of this great podcast. Shout out Turbo if you listen. I don't, he, think, don't think he listens anymore. He said, quote, Quarter reminds me of your boring as fuck grandpa <laughs> trying to tell you what's cool. He leaves the room and everyone looks at each other and says, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> Hard no? 
Quoting John Howard, Mark, get some imagination. So, Damien, last podcast I did a little interjection, if listeners remember, and I um, made reference to the fact that the current predicament at the club was a little bit games, Game of Thrones-ish. Mm, winter um, is coming. Winter is coming. I've since noticed that um, what I thought was an inventive and original uh, allusion to uh, that popular HBO series has in mm. fact been stolen. Mm by Nat Edwards and Damien Barrett on their um, their daily show. They've gone with Game of Thrones and now I think, okay, perhaps it was an obvious mm. reference. But um, I also think maybe I was wrong because in Game of Thrones you've got, you know, each claimant to the throne circling um, and they've all got a claim and they've all got armies at their back. At the moment it's just beginning to look like Mark Court is a little bit alone. I'm not sure that he's got the backing of an army. He certainly doesn't have the backing of the magpie army. And it makes me think that perhaps the current predicament is better reflected by another cinematic classic of days gone by. Let's see if you recall this one. It is 1995. Open season! Hunting is the national sport and people are the prey. ruled by a strict regime. They're going to make obedient little citizens out of us. Who are? Society. What do you mean? Step me... out of line. And they take you to the funny farm. You could die laughing. All you have to do is lead my guests on a chase for one day. A little sport. You're going to kill us? Not necessarily. You might survive. Do you know what that is, Damien? Uh, I thought it was Escape from New York, but no, I have no idea. What is it? Turkey Shoot. A <laughs> 1982 Australian dystopian action film directed by Brian Trenchard-Smith. The film depicts a concentration camp in a totalitarian society which allows mm. rich adventurers to participate in human hunting games with its mm. deviant convicts widely considered to be a seminal example of the Ozploitation cycle. Mm. The film is notable for its extreme depiction of graphic violence and sadism. What's it called? Turkey Slap? What's it called? Turkey Shoot. Now, Turkey, sh- Turkey Shoot. Collingwood Football Club and particularly Mark Corder are currently embroiled mm. in a turkey shoot. Mm. Jeff Brown's coming with his guns and his babes because, remember, it's Ozploitation. There's tits everywhere. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Mark. But you're the turkey. <laughs> Here's the update. Where are we at, Magpie fans, with this whole coop, this whole turkey shoot is about to take place? So let me run through it quickly just to situate the listener, as my friend Damien would say. Brown, Jeff Brown has announced last night, we're recording on Wednesday, so on Tuesday night Jeff Brown has announced his intention to be the boss of the club, the president. He wants to bring himself and three new board members he has said that he will approach Corda in an attempt to negotiate a peaceful handover. Now, of course, if he if he brings himself and three new board members, then on a seven-person board, he then has the majority, control the board. He can also keep some of the board uh, members, um, which I think is a kind of negotiating tactic to try and soften the blow. But I ask you, Damien, of the current board members, 
who do you think someone like Jeff Brown would be would be almost obliged to try and keep? Uh, number one is uh, Christine Holgate. Mm-hmm. Cartier. Piehard Piehard uh, fan. Um, Peter Murphy. Not sure and about Paul that. Paul Acuria. I'm going to chuck Jerry Sizer in there because I think politically it's difficult for um, the big man Brown to bustle in and um, sack the only the first and only Indigenous um, mm. board member of the club. But look, it's it's fascinating stuff. Other talking points include the fact that former player Craig Kelly, mm. who's obviously uh, the manager of Nathan Buckley and Robert Harvey. Mm. Uh, not to mention you know, former uh, premiership champion of the club, he's on the Jeff Brown bandwagon. And I wonder how that conflict of interest is going to play out. Don't you think that's like going to get a bit messy? I can't help but think this is a masterstroke by Jeff Brown. So this this is, let's let's not, none of this is deliberate. None of this is like out of the blue. This is, and I think he mentioned in some kind of press release that after the Gold Coast game, he kind of, you know, thought that was it. I'm going to do something. That's that's bullshit. This is, this is a very strategic move of getting confidants uh-huh. in the media, Peter Moore, Craig Kelly, just to sprinkle, you know, this notion of a white knight coming over the hill. Mm. And then, you know, uh, leaks to the press like, is it coming? Is it not? Caro, oh, I think it's going to happen in two weeks. Just this kind of like narrative that's been building around, you know, you, you're basically setting tropes here and the tropes are that there's a king in a tower, the lonesome king all by himself who's mismanaged things for 13 years mm-hmm. and then you've got this, you know, this knight in shining armour amassing a force ready to take the fort by storm. Mm. It's a narrative as old as time. It's a narrative as old as time, but it works. And if you look at the flip side, Corder's narrative has been, you know, letters about himself and his background and how he grew up and how he bleeds for Collingwood and how, you know, a coup right now is not the answer and they haven't had time to do things. The reality is he's been there for 13 years. So that, that in itself just doesn't, doesn't hold. So there's a reason why there's so much groundswell for Jeff Brown. It's because, the guy knows how to do a marketing campaign. And he also knows when not to act. I reckon there's an element of him like holding back. Mm. And, I mean, there was a quote in The Age, I think it was from Gleeson, um, in an article saying that something along the lines of how governments, uh, oppositions don't win power, governments lose them. Mm. And I think if you let a government, um, particularly mm. when it's going through a difficult period. Hang itself. Hang itself slowly. Yeah, yeah. It's like just the idea that he's around the corner, as you said, the white knight ready to, yeah. to, to you know, gallop in and save the day. Just the idea that he's there waiting and mm. seeing the trajectory of the club just slowly plummeting, Yeah, I think that's very strategic as well. His, wor- his wording of saying, you know, I, as a Collingwood supporter lifelong, I think he played under-19s for the club, which no one's really reporting on, but he's actually played for Collingwood. Is that right? Um, yeah, he has, Jeff Brown. And his brother, I think, played seniors. Oh, that's but, breaking news. Yeah, but I think the the whole notion of like I'm fed up with what I've seen, it's now time to act. Mm. Like you won't find a Collingwood supporter out there that hasn't been, you know, that hasn't felt like betrayed or misled by the current club's administration over the last six months. Like no one is going to come out and say we've handled anything in the last six months well. Mm. So just the 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 language change to like, Enough's enough. After the Gold Coast game, I realized that I couldn't sit still anymore. I had to do something. 
strikes a chord with every Magpie fan, whether they think an EGM is appropriate or not, whether they even know what an EGM is, whether they think an EGM is EDM. I'm not sure. But the way he's handled it is a masterstroke. And we've been quite critical of Stephen Riley, Stephen O'Reilly, Stephen Riley, Collingwood's PR guy who's been there for 10 years and really has overseen every single PR blunder of the last five years. Um, and somehow this miraculously is, this is an avoided every cut. In, this is an exercise in public relations and it's an exercise in how you, you know, how you get people on side um, before you storm the fort. Now, I've got to say, I find it exciting. Now, ahead of a very exciting interview we've got coming up just around the corner in a few moments, I'd like to ask you one more question, Damien. Mm, please. Do you think that this move uh, for an, uh, an EGM is a – is an example of the animals taking over the zoo or is it a welcome return to democracy and transparency? Um, look, I'm going to be honest. I, I think, yeah, look, I, I think there's, I think it's going to cause a lot of disruption, but I think we're, we're in such a state where there's disruption around every corner, mm. it, it's not going to stand out. Like it, it's just disruption on disruption. And I think I, I don't mind the idea of an EGM because it's a, it's a, what's the correct word here? Circuit breaker. Not circuit breaker. It's too closely aligned to, um, to COVID-19. It's human, a, it's a reality sacrifice. check. Okay. It, it's, it's the people reminding the government mm that they still have a a hand in this in this in this poker match. And I think whenever you get that, it's a reckoning. Uh, whatever happens, even if an EGM doesn't happen, it's like the lesson has been delivered or or the the message has been delivered that Collingwood supporters won't sit still and see their club kind of like deteriorate in this in the in the sense it has been. So yeah, look, it'd be nice to avoid it. I still feel like there's change that needs to happen at the Collingwood Football Club. Um, but, you know, I think the, the message has been delivered. And I think you're absolutely right, Damien. There's one member who we're about to meet who's not going to sit idly by and watch the club deteriorate without doing anything. Alex Weislitz. <laughs> I think he's at home with his python. <laughs> this is a very exciting edition of Eyes Wide Shut. We always like to bring uh, the most up-to-date take on the Machiavellian power struggles of our great club. Now, Damien, Cuba and later Bolivia had Che Guevara. Mexico had Emiliano Zapata. <laughs> France had Maximilien Robespierre and the effortless military panache of Lafayette. India had the revolutionary non-violence of Mahatma Gandhi. Mm, shout out to the Gandhi stand. Collingwood. As turtle. <laughs> Up next, pies wide shut. We talk to the man of the hour. We speak with 40-year rank and file member David Hatley, aka Turtle Magpies, about the signature petition that looks set to overturn the most powerful club in the land. The club was on the bottom. I know we were broke. Eddie had a vision, and we're prepared to live to that vision. Great disappointment that uh, this afternoon the Collingwood Football Club uh, has resigned from its partnership with the Transport Accident Commission. Smoking shadows behind the window. Smoking shadows behind the window. Joined again by Alex Weisslitz from Thorny Investments. We continue to um, populate the portfolio, what we hope will be the cream of the cake. 
bigger and better, just keeps getting better and better. Three-year, multi-million dollar sponsorship with the most storied and famous club in all of Australian professional sports. Toasts will be replaced with tears, though, when the last Holden rolls off the assembly line in Adelaide. I sat down with Ed last week and resigned as the, uh, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club. 32 years of struggle, ridicule and humiliation as the Collingwood Football Club once again regained its title as the most famous and successful sporting club in Australia. Welcome David, it's a historically momentous period for the Collingwood Football Club at the moment and not for the best reasons. Let's start with the big hitting question. Why Turtle? Uh, it goes back um, a bit of a long, a long sort of standing nickname. Um, just uh, happened to be um, years ago um, when I was at a at a Collingwood game, um, and we had a bit of a had a bit of a funny win, and um, I'd sort of had too many um, beverages, and I decided to decided to do a uh, bit of a, a dance on my back in the in the in the goal square at, at um, one of the grounds. So it's um, it just right? sort of stuck. Yes. You jumped so, jump uh, the fence. Was it down at Waverley or the, the G? Or um, I reckon, I reckon it might have been, might have been at Victoria Park, and and oh, it yeah. just, and it just, and it just, and then when when social media come on board, I was sort of looking for some sort of handle, and I thought, oh, well, I'll just go with Turtle Magpie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it suits you, Turtle, and I, we will call you Turtle if that's okay. Um, with yeah, that's fine. Terrific nickname. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to come on Pie Hard today. Um, as a 40-year member, you've experienced some serious lows, including multiple grand final losses, the near death of Steve McKee from Legionnaires in the Victoria Park Spa, and Tony Shaw's period as coach. What makes the current situation at the club impossible to stomach from your point of view? Oh, I think it's been a, a cumulative uh, period of events, probably over probably six or seven years, um, and the... The final sort of trigger point was that was the last board appointment of uh, Bridie O'Donnell. Um, mm-hmm. Given that given that she was actually an ineligible board member, or to to, to be put on to the board, um, and yeah, so the the whole trade and and list management debacle, um, the Dane Beams payout, you know, any leaving, um, it's sort of that, and then and then that appointment of Bridie O'Donnell, and, and this is not. Actually, in regards to her, it was more how she was appointed, um, like her social media content, like literally mocking Collingwood supporters, mm. and that's where I'm coming. That's where I'm coming from. I mean, you guys are obviously, you know, pie hard. You know, I'm pie hard. You know, mm. we, we we bleed we bleed black and white, and you know, having having a, a new board member actually, you know, sticking it sticking to us, you know, mocking us, um, really struck a chord with me and and a group of my friends and. That was probably the yeah the, the catalyst for for us to get going with this, and it's been a pretty dividing issue bet- between Collingwood supporters. Have you copped a bit of flack from various quarters, and and how have you dealt with that? Like, what do you say to people who think we should just let the board do their job? Oh well, it, everyone's open to their opinion. Um, this is this is what I'm trying to get at. This, this whole democracy and accountability piece is that. Um, there's a group of us, and, and and given the numbers of signatures that we've obtained, and the social media feedback I've got, and people walking me up, walking up to me at, at the MCG um, at the at the Port Adelaide game, 
the vast majority uh, were in favour of what we're proposing because they've, they've really had enough of um, not feeling connected with the club. Um, and we've had a couple of people who disagree, and, and I've said to them, that's fine. I mean, if, if, if you don't want to uh, put your name to the petition, that, that's, that's your right. And, and when, it, when it comes to a, um, a spill of the board positions, you can vote accordingly. You know, if you want to vote for the current board, go ahead and do that. Turtle, it's Damien here. What, what was the final straw for you personally? Was it the uh, Trelaw trade or the magpie button? <laughs> oh, the magpie button. <laughs> Jeez. Um, uh, I, 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 I normally don't mind some of the things that, um, you know, get put out on the on the Collingwood Online side. You know, I like some of the paraphernalia, like the, the, the Indigenous beanie and things like that. But um, the magpie button, yes, Um <laughs> I, I don't think I know one Collingwood member has who has purchased that. Right. And they keep on sending us they keep on sending us text messages saying limited edition. Well, it, it'll be so limited that no one's bought it. And here we were <laughs> thinking the uh, Collingwood supporters would jump on the instalment option. I think it was eight eight ninety five <laughs> over ten months. <laughs> no. Turtle, have any yep. uh, former players or Magpie identities reached out to you offering support? Uh, yes, yes, I yes they have. Um, you know, I have had a couple. I probably won't divulge them at this part, at this point because, in fairness, in fairness to them, um, like we're, what we're proposing, um, I I don't want to be seen for them to be taking sides. But yeah, I have had a couple of, uh, I've had a couple of, um, I've had a Collingwood Premiership player reach out to me and wow. um and a and a and a and a former champion of Collingwood uh, reach out to me. So um yeah they're. They're, they're looking for change at, at Collingwood too. Um, they're they're probably you know in in, in the view that um, there's, there's there's some things that um, that haven't just been allowed for the members to have their voice. And mm. uh, this 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 EGM petition um, magpievoice.com for anyone who still wants to um, get on board gives gives them the opportunity to do that. Now is that uh, we're not asking you to divulge, but is that 1990 or 2010? Um, I'd probably would. I'd probably just leave it at that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Mullet or no, not com- mullet. <laughs> no comment. Next question. Have Have you been in contact with Jeff Brown at any stage during the process of gathering gathering signatures? Uh, no, no, I haven't. No, and and he hasn't reached out to me um, either. So um, yeah, what what we were doing um, was, um, was 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 basically a governance and an accountability thing. Um, like I. Mm. You know, if Jeff wants to have a sit down with us and and have a chat mm. for what what we would like to see happen at the club, like mm. like simple things, like I mean, you guys know, we, we, uh, COVID aside, we we haven't had a pro a proper social club for mm. for a number of years now. Um, mm. the, so many times, like I've I've either rang up the club or tweeted the club to say, okay, is the social club going to be open today? And the, and the response back is it, it's been booked out for a private function. Mm-hmm. Now, when mm-hmm. when when it when it got built and and and, and opened, any decree to the members this would be always open on game day. Mm-hmm. And and that and this is this is where I think we've we've lost that feel as calling of people because whether we win or lose, we want to be together. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and and you know we we don't want to go to a pub where there's opposition supporters and you now if we have a loss and they're heckling us, we want to go back to our social club. We want to see a past player, um, a, you know, a, a coach, um, a, a current player, have a quick chat to the members and just and just get back that, that connection and feel back because 
like for, for a lot of us, like I, I'm lucky enough. I, I went to Victoria Park. Mm. I, I went to the social club of Victoria Park. So I, yeah. I, I understand that feel. Like the MCG is, is, is great. Um, there's, there's obviously some things in terms of ticketing that, that they could actually help out a lot of Collingwood members too. And I've, I've pointed this out to the club that like there's, there's a lot of Collingwood supporters who, who don't think the MCG helps us in some areas. But, um, the, the, the key, the key thing is the connection. And I, I don't know what you guys feel. Do you, do you feel like we've lost that connection at, with, with the club? We're, ab- we're absolutely a pro Alan McAllister, Maggie Land, um, <laughs> <laughs> visionary podcast. So I just want to make that really clear, Turtle. Yeah, look, it, it is. It gets harder. Like once once we moved from our spiritual kind of like home of Victoria Park to the MCG, which is shared with so many other teams, it, it has it has gotten harder. And I think the club thinks in many ways that they can make up for that social connection through social media. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's I think that's a fallacy. I think that's a big problem because you're not you know, mm. you're talking to a specific audience when you do that. And sure, it's great. Yeah. It's throwaway and it's it's fun. But look, there's not many pubs left in Collingwood. Like there's not many places left to go. So I understand the connection. And I think there's yeah. something about, you know, like I went with my father. We're probably not, not too dissimilar in terms of age. And I think there's something about exactly what you touched on about commiserating and coming together. We do it anyway, mm. like we, but we don't do it at a place where you actually feel, you know, a hundred percent amongst the brethren. So I can understand that. Alex, sorry. Yeah, Turtle, what you were saying really struck a chord with me. And I remember when you launched the petition, I actually went back and had a look at the club constitution just to get a read on what this means in terms of extraordinary general meetings and so forth. I noticed in the constitution that one of the first kind of clauses is that the responsibility of the club is to provide that social space. And it goes to like the detail in the wording is like literally like chairs and tables and refreshments for members. And I'm wondering if you can paint a picture. When was the last time you you think that that social club element was really thriving? Was it Vic Park? And and what did it feel like in comparison to today? Um, I think actually when when the, the, I think it was the Lexus Centre when it first opened, I think we did have that little bit of a feel in the, the, um, when was that would have been, um, in the 2000s because um, we we did have, um, you know, Past players and and um and like after the game um some 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 coaches getting interviewed and you would get mm-hmm. you know uh, three four hundred people sometimes even more if we obviously you know I can remember we beat Carlton on uh, I think it was the Olympics year and it was really early in the season and it was you know thirty six thirty seven degrees and and the place was absolutely jumping because we just we just had that we'd had a good win um the 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 the, the fans knew that there was going to be um, someone from the club speaking to us, and mm. and that's that that strikes. That's what I'm I'm trying to get back to. Like it, it's so hard these days for for people to get accessibility to the AFL players. I mean, mm. COVID aside, but because it's all it's also um, organised. You know, there's there's Corporate. hardly any open training. Yeah, there's hardly any like open training sessions. I know, and it, it's hard. You know, like if you're working during the day, like the majority of people, you can't get to training. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I I remember. In the, in the old days, we used to, I used to go down to Victoria Park, um, have a couple of drinks in the social club, go to Sam's Fish and Chip Shop in in uh, Johnson Street, get a whole heap of um, chips um, for the for the players walking into the rooms, and the dietitian wasn't happy with me, but the players mm-hmm. loved it, and and it, that was that was that that feel of connection with with the Collingwood players. Like 
I still speak to like some of the, the old trainers that, that were, were there at the time in, in the nineties. And like, they, they just, like, they just like looking at it now and just mm-hmm. go, you know, it's, it's lost, you know, um, the whole, the whole COVID thing of recent times when there's a lot of staff that have been dropped off because of the soft gap and they're getting paid like really small amounts. And some of these people had, had donated, you know, 20, 20 years of their lives, um, to help calling it out. And, like that, that's another thing I, I think we're, we're very asset rich. Uh-huh. Just pay the soft, mm. soft cap tax. I mean, mm, mm. we obviously need it on the field. We've, well, you guys are well aware, like we've got so many young players. That's an area that we really need to invest in developing mm. these kids. Mm. Shout out to Sam's Fish and Chips, friend of the pod, if you are listening. Uh, Turtle, do you know if Jeff Brown has been a Collingwood member for more than 24 months? Oh, that's. I'm not sure, actually. I, 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 I would hope, I hope that he would have got his ducks in a row. <laughs> might want to, you might want to double-check that one. Might be a scoop. Might be a pie-hard well, breaking news scoop. Can I ask you a question? Do you support Do you support Jeff's push to be president? Um, I'd like to see him um, put forward um, what his um, vision and platform is. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm keen for, and actually even the current board members, because I mean, even even this statement that come out tonight. Mm. Is a is a very broad sort of uh, mission sort of statement, but there's no specifics on how they're actually going to improve and engage the members mm-hmm. and how we're going to mm. improve on the field. Like it's, and this is this is what I'm getting at, and I, and I think, and I'm hoping that you know these anyone that wants to challenge feels that from what 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 we're what we're trying to do, and actually gives that back to the members and, and says, okay, we've got like five or six points. That we've got a platform to stand, and that's why you should vote for us. And that's that's what I'm hoping. Um, I'm 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 not definitive either way in who who should be on the board. Um, I I really want to see a genuine uh, election and and let all of us vote. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. Um, and you've obviously received a really good a really good reaction from that movement. Um, you're one of the few people as you, as you've been discussing, Turtle. There's there's a bit of a divide between the kind of corporate Collingwood um, that gets run like a machine, you know, by the administration and then the, the the grassroots members, I suppose. But you're one of the few people who have been into the halls of power in recent times. I'm just wondering what that meeting um, with Mark Corder was like. Were there refreshments? Uh, no, there wasn't. No, 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 uh, no, no beers or anything like that. It was no a party party. Yeah, no, it was a. It was actually a very, um, I think after the initial like 10 or, 10, 10 or so minutes where they were trying to actually ascertain where we were coming from, it was a pretty amicable meeting. Um, mm-hmm. um, whilst we disagreed on some points, um, I think we were, like, I, I was trying to portray that I'm just trying to uh, be here to, to be a voice for our members who um, are unhappy. And I said, I gave them some examples of things and they, I think the board weren't even aware of some things. And I said that, that therein proves that the disconnect that, okay, some of these complaints that members have got that might have gone to membership departments or marketing areas or whatever haven't even got to your level at the board. And I said, that's the problem in itself that you guys don't, you don't, you guys mm. don't either get that information from, from the people who are making complaints. And, you know, look at, I see them and go, I understand, like, Things aren't going to always run smoothly. I said I've, I've been through periods where 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 calling it have been you know down the bottom of the ladder, and I said I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, not fine as in we're fine with losing, but I understand the the logistics of you know, the, especially now with the salary cap, teams are going to go up and down. But 
we 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 had a fire sale last last November. We pushed out four guys, got no nothing back effectively, and you know it. it, it I mean, you guys, the, the whole Trelaw thing, like the guy, the guy wanted to be at Collingwood, mm. like, and and to spruik this side by side mantra, and then just push a guy who literally wanted to be there. Just it, it sickened me at the time, and like we get the realities of you know that that sometimes players need to get traded because of just you know like say James H he wanted to move you know to, mm. to Fremantle you know at the time we we understand that and you can get picks back, but but what happened last last November where we we've got effectively a bag of chips for four players just doesn't fly. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of residual anger I think to this day as you're describing and um turtle. It seems like a lot of your grievances are culture-based and are about engagement with members. What's your position on the on-field difficulties the club's, the club's facing and do you think the incoming board, if there is a spill, um, should be left to make that decision on particularly the coach? Oh, I've been pretty consistent with this. That, um, like Graham Wright's been recently appointed as a GM of football and, and I think like, like him, like Jeff Walsh and... Um, others before him, I think they have a substantial role in, in who says who, who says is going to be coaching. They they Graham Wright will make his call and his assessment and and propose that to the board, and they they would basically kick it off. I mean, you've got at the moment Paul Lucuria is as the nominated sort of football person on that board, and I think he would he would trust Graham Wright to make that that decision. Um, so yeah, that's that's where it is. I mean, like I I, I sort of feel. I feel for Bucks, uh, but you know, it, it comes a time. You know, t- ten years is a long time, but I, I definitely think the the, the soft cap tax has impinged on him to some point. But um, it, it's it, it's getting uh, it's getting into position now where we where we just keep losing. That the pressure is going to build, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. Turtle Heathshaw has come out and said that members should be able to vote. Ben Johnson was in the press last week. He kind of slammed this notion of an EGM. Where does Andrew Yukovic sit on the matter? <laughs> I'm actually mates with Andrew Yukovic's cousin, so I should be able to find that out. <laughs> Send him a text. <laughs> and, let us, and let you us know, know if you're back. I, I, actually, I, I actually loved your reference to um, Steve McKee earlier um, mm-hmm. because when the, when the footy forum sort of all kicked off in, in the 2000s, my, my handle at the time was stunning Steve McKee. There you go. There we are. Well, Alex likes to bring that one out every third pod, so if you listen to Pie Hard, you'll, you'll get a feel for that every couple of weeks. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I'll never forget. I went, I went over for that um, magical qualifying final at Port Adelaide, mm. and um, I think Steve McKee tried to um, um, copy my turtle dance because there, there was a bit of play there where he was literally on his back and he kicked the ball and didn't get done for holding the ball. Sounds like you're the president of the Steve McKee fan group, Turtle. Not many people could could relate that. Um, yeah, well, I, I think a lot of people said I was obsessed with Steve McKee at the time. I, I think um, I said um, I said hitouts don't matter, but clearances do. And uh, an old stutter was uh, was was great at doing that back then. Turtle, there's um there's a lot of confusion out there about I suppose the footy public and Collingwood supporters waiting to see what. Jeff Brown's going to do, uh, waiting to see what's happening with your petition and waiting for a response from uh, the current administration. How, how do you expect this to play out from here? Well, the, 
it, it's interesting at the moment because the the whole COVID situation has, has thrown us a bit of a, a curveball because the plan was obviously to get out to get our signatures, um, and then I made a commitment to Mark Order that um, we wouldn't just like march in there and, and demand an EGM that we would sit down with him and and work out the best the best time or um, mm. work out the the logistics. So at the moment we're sort of um, yeah just sort of treading water in, in that respect. Um, I see even with the, at that latest with the statement that came out from Collingwood that um, Quarters uh, reached out to Brown again to maybe have a chat to dissuade him. So mm. um, at, at this at this moment, we'll just keep on collecting signatures online and, and then we'll um, we are, we'll reassess our position um, closer to when, when, when the lockdown ends because, yeah, we're really – our hands are tied at the moment. Yeah, so just for those that are listening, um, I mean, obviously you'll see this in your inbox, but just the reference here is an email has come out from the Collingwood Football Club at 5.26 p.m. on Wednesday evening. Um, The subject heading is Declaration of Intent, and I'll probably just fast forward to the last line, which is, as such, your board today gives you an undertaking to stand firm. So a a sense from the board that... um, they're gonna. They're united. They're strong, and they're sticking. They're sticking fat on this one. So that's interesting. Can I just ask you a question, Turtle? So, um, you raised a good point about um, you know, there's a lot of language coming from the board around the the financial strength of the club, um, the investment in in women's league and netball and everything that the club has been able to achieve. But I think the one thing that missing that that is missing is a declaration around on-field success and what the club strives yep. to be and almost a roadmap mm. of where they need to get to. The common one yep. is Gail at Richmond coming out and making the claim uh, about premierships, which, you know, at the time seemed absolutely insane and was probably mocked and ridiculed, but feels like it actually gave, you know, it was the North Star for Richmond in terms of their their turnaround. If Jeff Brown was to have come out, and this is a hypothetical before you mounted the case for the the petition and came out with a clear directive, would that have changed what you, you what you guys um, would have done in in regards to the petition, or is this something that, based on the last six twelve months and beyond, w- was something that you felt passionately about, regardless of how many people had come forward and, and offered up their, I, I guess, um, their approach. Yeah, I, I think um, I think we would have like pushed ahead with what we, what we, with what we're doing. Um, like, there's there's probably like a group of I don't know, fifteen, twenty of us have, have been involved in all this, and we come from a diverse paths of Collingwood. You know, some are Legends members, some are Social Club members, some are MCC Social Club members, um, AFL support with with MC uh, with um, Social Club members. So, and you know, they work in a variety of areas. So we're all we're all um, we're all keen for the, for the same sort of thing, and um, that that whole you know, that, that I keep coming back to it. That disconnect is is a, is a very common theme. I think I had I oh, would have been close to a sixty year member walk up to me on on that Sunday when we played Port Adelaide, and he just said, "I'm just so thankful for you guys doing this." You know, we, mm. we were hoping someone would would actually stand up for us, and and that's you know I, I was quite emotional when, when that happened. Because like like for me like I don't want to be on the board you know I I'm happy to just sit in, in the Pontifex Stadium in my seat in the Legends area and um you know it 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 took a lot for me to to be sort of like the public face of this like I, I and but 
it's just come to a point where, well, you've, you've got to make a stand at some point for your club. And uh, I just I just hope that um, at the end of this, that we, we get a, a great result for Collingwood. And I think I said uh, my very first interview on SEN that um, there's two things that this board have, have been, they've been an abject failure on is, is on-field success recently and servicing our members. So they're, they're the things that I want back at Collingwood. Turtle, from the outside looking in, the whole uh, situation at the club seems pretty dire, but the way you talk about it is actually very reasonable. Uh, we can particularly get behind some of your cultural demands, I think, around engaging the members and creating a social club. Um, I must say, though, I worry for you, Turtle, being invited. If you've seen any of the Godfather films, being invited into the HQ of the Don, you've got to <laughs> keep an eye on what they've got under the trench coat. And we know with uh, Sith, Sith, Dark Lord, Quarter, you know, there could be some... There could be some dangers that await you. Were, you. were you wearing a bulletproof vest, Turtle? No. Well, I, I don't know if you guys happen to see my um, my press conference when I came out of the meeting with Corder. There, there was um, a very good friend of mine, Tony Consolo, who's um, a big Italian man, and, and he's actually his nickname <laughs> is the Godfather. A heavy, a heavy. I like it. So you rolled up. Yeah. You rolled up. You rolled yeah. up with the so, squad. Um, yeah. So um, and 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 Tony, like like. All of us who attended that meeting, um, we've, we've been coterie members of Club Forty Two, mm. um, you know, and Club Club Forty Two is very, very um, been a very good coterie group for Collingwood, well, well supported by by the players and the coaches, mm. um, and uh, been a, been a long time friend of Tony's, and um, you know, I, I knew there was there was never going to be any trouble when I had the Godfather by my side. <laughs> I, I think the bombshell from this interview is no refreshments were served at the at the quarter meeting. <laughs> Um, we keep hearing about the financial position of the club, but I would have thought um, some Tim Tams or, or maybe. Or a Cuban. Or a Cuban, Cuban cigar, hand-rolled. Uh, Turtle, we're going to let you go soon, but you know, you're not a stranger to Pie Heart. A couple of weeks ago we posted an image on socials of a couple of young kids in the outer holding up a big sign. Do you, do you know what that, do you know what I'm referring to when I say that? Um, oh, actually, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Oh, I bet so it has. Can you I'll, refresh I'll, my memory? It's it's you and a mate, and you're holding up a big sign, and the sign it just has two letters. It, it the letters are B T. Yes, yes, yeah. That was um that was out at VFL Park um, when Brian Taylor kicked his hundredth goal at um yeah in, in 1986. Um, we we were in the we were in the cheer squad, and um, actually, my friends. My friend's sister, she made the banner, um, and we were we were actually the ones who got in the picture. <laughs> so that was the funny part about it. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you're a part of uh, Pie Hard Folklore. Uh, Alex, you got anything else to add? Turtle, it's been great to have you on. Thanks for making the time. Um, we just hope that if uh, your efforts uh, for the members are successful, we do get a chance to see you jump the fence and do a turtle dance for us. Well, guys, I'll, I'll, I really hope that um, the next time I can do that is when Collingwood are premiers of the AFL. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for your time, Turtle. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Turtle. Bye-bye. Damien, takeaways from the exclusive Turtle Mm. interview. Well, as I said on the pod just before, no refreshments kind of the lingering mm. um, sticking point with me. Um, Personally, my takeaway is that Turtle comes across very reasonably. 
Mm. Um, and I love it how he leads with, like we could have easily got straight into this, the doldrums of like on-field, you know, lack of success, mm. um, the coaching panel, you know, the trade stuff, um, the debacles there. But actually he kind of leads with the cultural stuff around social club and he's like mm. he wants a place to have a beer with other Magpie fans and players, mm. ex-players mm. or whatever. I like that mm. his cultural his cultural concerns are like front of mind for him. I did notice that because I was leaving the game the other night. I forget which one it was. I think it was, I don't know, it was about three or four weeks ago and I did walk past the Lexus Centre and I looked in at where that social club area is mm. and it, it it did resonate with me that normally like in my past memory that would be heaving with people, mm. like with fans, but it was just Pendlebury's wife and his kids and there was like three or four other sort of like partners and obviously some family members, but like six or seven, but it was kind of like, it was a bit depressing because like the the, kid, the kids were jumping on the couches and stuff and it was just, there was just no bars, no vibe. And I'm not saying, you know, they don't need a place to go. The social club is not a place for net, Netflix and chill. Let's be no, honest. It's not, it's not a place for children either. But yeah, I think that was that, that was the key takeout for me. That and the turtle dance. I watched um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles last week. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Netflix. That's a hell of a film. Like if you go back, but I live think it's, action. It's live action and, yeah. and the, the guys, like they're obviously like martial artists, and it's done by Canon Films that I think did a lot of Bruce Lee films and did mm-hmm. a lot of like martial arts genre films. And it really captures like gritty crime mm. like ridden New York City so well. And yeah, it's just a really great film to go back. And so when when Turtle was talking about the turtle dance, there is a scene where Michelangelo, I think, is on his back and they the turtle oh, spin spinning. him around. He does mm. this crazy like spin on his shell. So that that stood out to me as a as a visual metaphor of um a, a man that's uh you know on his back having a good time. Yeah, well, he's under a bit of pressure, Turtle, I reckon. Doesn't show it, but um, he'd be getting media requests all the time. Good of him to make time for Pie Hard as we break the news. Well, it's pretty clear from our chat with Turtle and the email that just got sent out to the members that we haven't heard the last of this Mm -hmm. EGM and petition business. So, look, whatever way it goes, I think it's just nice to hear from a Collingwood supporter with passion. Mm-hmm. I know our, our fans uh, are locked in disagreement with whether this is a positive or a negative for the club. Putting that aside, I think, you know, nothing warms the cockles more than a diehard Collingwood supporter who's been there through the ups and downs and really at the end of the day, as you said, is just looking for, you know, some elements that were there that have since been taken away, the voting rights, the social club and that sense of belonging. And at the end of the day, you know, being in lockdown in COVID times, I think let's not underestimate how much a football club means to people, how much a social club means to people and how important it is to be with people of a of the same ilk um, to pull through these tough times. Fascinating chat. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move along to a recurring segment that we quite like on Pie Hard. And this is one where we involve you guys. So this is called Hard Asks. Now, it's a segment where we throw out a question to you guys and we read out the best responses. Now, if you've been listening to Pie Hard, you'll know that one of our coping mechanisms when the team isn't doing too well is to go back and revisit key magpie moments when 
a boardroom spill mm-hmm. meant that Alan McAllister had probably had just a little bit too much brandy. Wink, wink, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, so the question we asked this week was which player from Collingwood's 1990 Premiership team would sport a sleeve tattoo if they were playing today? Alex, before I read mm. the uh, responses from our beautiful pie-out audience, would you like to have a stab at this one? I'll ask again, which player from Collingwood's 1990 Premiership team would sport a sleeve tattoo if they were playing today? Look, I'm going to defer to another founding member of Pie Hard here um, who had a better answer than I would have, mm. and that's Chunky. Mm. I think it was Chunky that said Mick McGuan would have had a lot of shitty little kind of tats <laughs> spread out over his body. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why that, that found that so funny, but um, mm. I don't actually think Mick McGuan, the human thumb, would um, have a sleeve tattoo. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Banks. Okay, I like it. Let, let me read out a few. Robbie Smith um, said Michael Gafer. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Luke Reynolds, shout out to Luke Reynolds, said Mick Gafer as well. Uh, Brennan McCarthy, Banks. Mm, um, now he's, he's saying skulls and crossbones and Reese Jones's dismembered head. <laughs> That's which I good. Liked. That's good. Lee Grappetta said Dougie Barwick. Vicky Crippetta, I think that might be um, Lee's mum or sister, uh, probably sister, uh, said Mickey Gafer. Uh, Sergio Montoro said Darren Mullane and Dennis Banks. Maybe Shane Kerrison? Shane Kerrison's not, no, he's not, he's not a tattoo guy. Look, that pasty skin. Mm, doesn't look, look good. good. Bill doesn't Stingers, look. Bill Stingers said Jamie Turner. Uh, Kim Boning said Tony Shaw, he was tough, lol. <laughs> this uh, is just like we've reached the stage of history where... If Tony Shaw's mentioned, whether he's in the coach's box or not, is a bit of a laugh. He's, he's just a lol kind of guy, isn't he? He's like, a lol character at the moment. Cable Brandon said, I could see Shane Morwood or Craig Kelly with a sleeve. I, I uh, always thought Shane Morwood looked like a fairly straight and narrow train driver, like mm-hmm. a very orderly kind of bloke. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane. If you're listening, Shane, get in. What did you say? A train driver? You know, like Shane Moore, just the look of him, like uh, he's a guy who he, he likes every, to do, do things journey, by a time every table. Day, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Schmick said, Morewood's where my money's at. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Blair Squishes Grapes said, reckon Tony Francis would have a sleeve in today's game. Mm, Francis, uh, that in and under kind of real terrier. I can picture that too. Now, this actually went off, so there's a couple of responses to this one. Cable again said, yeah, I agree. He's the one I was thinking of too. Uh, Blair Squishes Grape said, yeah, I reckon those who nominated Pants forget how clean cut he was. I can't imagine getting the sleeve. James Manson, there's another, another I'd nominate. But the little man Francis screams out for a sleeve for mine. Uh, Johnny Mack said Darren Mullane, and this started a thread um, on Twitter. Uh, Paul, shout out to Paul Robinson, friend of the pod. I think I read once that the great man, Darren Mullane, had to get his premiership tattoo hidden because his mum would kill him if he ever got a tattoo. Now, Paul's... LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> fucking hell, Twitter. Paul has tagged Mick McGuan and said, you might be able to shed some light on this. Now, Mick McGuan has stepped into the chat. Welcome. I'm pretty sure that was the case, Paul. Most of the boys were full from the drink when the tattoos were applied, so the worry factor about anything was minimal at the time. Uh, and Paul would have loved to have been a fly on the wall that weekend. Definitely, Paul. We'll join you on that one. Um, Cables jumped in again and said, agreed, pants would definitely not have a sleeve. Old Blue Eyes has come up and said monkey. Dan stepped in with another vote for James Manson. Now, James Manson was mm. Collingwood's rock star, wasn't he? Very distinctive kicking style, if I remember correctly. 
He had he had the great nickname Charlie Manson or the family. That was always a winner. But yeah, I remember he he was a guitarist, so he'd always be pictured oh, with right? an electric guitar. And I think he had a band, like you know, remember Brett Lee's shitty cricket brand uh, band. Wow, he's the prototype Braden Sire. He is the prototype Braden Sire. And the last one was Mick, sometime MJM one. Another vote for Shane Kerrison. Kerrison. Well, look, I'm not sure if uh, Mick McGuan realizes he's officially become a friend of the pod. And if you'd like to become a friend of the pod, keep an eye out for the next Hard Ask at Pie Hard Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Never forget that you, the Pie Hard listener, are a precious cultural resource. We love hearing from you. We love hearing your Collingwood stories. Okay, Alex, another fascinating um, podcast for what is a really fascinating time for the Collingwood Football Club. We mentioned at the top of the show it felt like a wave earlier on in the week that was just about to break. Mm. That wave's broken and now there's another set coming in and about to break on our heads and beyond that on the horizon, more waves, more coral, Mm. more broken surfboards, more sharks. Do you know who's in the barrel? Who's in the barrel? Tom Brown. Tom Brown is in the barrel. He's in the green room. And he's about to get the scoop when his daddy Jeff drops in on everybody. This is Pie Hard.